0: What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross-like music. And this is The Super Sunny Love Show.
1: I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello
2: and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio
3: show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions
0: of a mind. <laughs> Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome
3: to the Blue and Green Sessions. Right, the vibe with DJ Ronnie Brown. Twisted Soul with CF Smith.
0: You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say.
3: BlueandGreenRadio.com Welcome friends, you're listening to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast Thanks very much for your time uh, My name is Imran, and we've got a really excellent show for you today uh, Today we are showcasing, showcasing? We are celebrating, that's the best word uh, Our uh, affection and adoration for uh, 90s hip-hop uh, Regular listeners of these podcasts will have heard me uh, talk about just how much I'm a fan of it And... Um, And uh, normally our guests are as well Which is really exciting And uh, on today's episode we speak to uh, a regular uh, uh, attendee to these podcasts Dan Collicott, who's a super old buddy of mine Uh, We've uh, been kind of been creative buddies for a long time Um, Liberation Frequency We used to do a radio slot together some years ago as well So um, it was kind of cool I I always relish an opportunity to... um, uh, sit down with someone um, and uh, talk music and this is kind of um, this is exactly what the episode is today and it's such a great topic and there's there's a few people I'd really like to do this with, TJ who has appeared on previous episodes as well was supposed to be here but unfortunately um, was unable to to make it but um I'm I'm already rebranding it in my head of how we can do this again with the three of us. Uh Rhonda as well who we talk nineties hip hop quite a bit and I'd love to have an episode like this with her and get her thoughts on a more fully fledged episode. So um if you're a nineties fan then I think there's gonna be a lot in this one to um that you'll that you'll enjoy. So this is just us just kicking it about our experiences, how we got into it stuff like that. So I hope you'll enjoy the episode. Um, so, yeah, these are the Blue Ink Green podcasts. We uh, release these on the first, second, and third Mondays of every month. Um, these are going really well, and I uh, love doing these, and I hope you'll enjoy enjoying listening to them as well. These episodes run in conjunction <coughs> excuse me, with the uh, online internet Independent radio station Blue In Green Radio, and uh, you can find us at blueingreenradio.com uh, Find us via the tune in Radio app, uh, V-Tuner Radio app, loads of different apps. We're on almost all of them, almost all of them. And um, we'd love for you to check it, check us out. Check us out. Um, uh, oh, actually, it'd be rude for me not to say every Sunday UK time five PM onwards is it's all nineties. And um, yeah, if you're that way inclined, and uh, even if you enjoy this. Uh, conversation. Then I'd urge you to check out that We have a brilliant celebration of 90s R&B uh, Hip Hop and Jazz On Blue Green Radio every Sundays from 5pm There you go That's the sales part out of the way uh, Regular listeners of this show will know We picked two songs um, Our guest picks the closing number Which will be Dan's um, um, Opportunity on today's show And I picked the opening number And um, I hope you'll bear with me uh, For this this part now, um, uh, I kind not talk about it that much, and, uh, this is unusual for me, I appreciate that, uh, like, a year ago, almost exactly a year ago, um, we lost, a, 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 a friend of ours, we lost, um, uh, a really dear friend of ours, someone that meant really the world to me and, uh, the station, uh, her name was Eve, and, uh, she, she waved the flag for us, man, like, no one ever has, and, um, we were, yeah, I don't want to, yeah, so <laughs> she she passed away, um, as I said, just about a year ago, and um, I think these podcasts are something she would have really enjoyed, and I would love to have been able to have her appear, and to have shot the breeze with her in this context as well, and we used to talk music a lot, and she was a real 90s like, hip-hop fan, and uh, so I think she would have really enjoyed this i I really want to dedicate uh this episode to her um and and her memory we I'll do whatever I can to to scream about her because she was just you know the most amazing uh person, and she just meant the world as it said to me and um yeah, she was my friend and um that means a lot and uh, so I'm gonna dedicate my this this whole show to her, and I'm gonna dedicate my selection. Uh, it's being a '90s hip hop show. Um, I've picked uh, one of my absolute favorites, and uh, I know it was one. It was something she liked as well, and um, so we're gonna go with it. This is the far side with passing me by, uh, and it's just one of the best records ever, I think. And um, I'll play this for my friend Eve, and um, uh, yeah, I hope you. will Enjoy the show, friends. Thanks very much.
4: And look. Love- Something better, but the smile that she shows makes me a go getter. I haven't gone as far as asking if I could get with her. I just play love by ear and hope she gets the picture. I'm shooting for her heart, got my finger on the trigger. She can be my broad, and I can be hiding. I can be
5: hiding.
4: All I can do is stay up uh, Back in the we used to kiss when we played truth the day. Uh, now she's more sophisticated, highly educated, not at all overrated. I think I need a prayer to get in a book, and it looks rather dry. I guess a twinkle in her eye is just. The twinkle in her eye Ooh. Although she's crazy stepping i try and stop the stride Cause I won't have no more Of this Passive to be nice for me Ooh. to
1: voice my opinion Can't be pretending she didn't have me Sprung like a chicken Chasing my tail like a doggie She was kind of like a star Singing I was like a fan Damn, she looked good Downside she had a man He was a Rudy suit. A nick and poop She told me soon you little birdies on the father the coop She was a flake like corn And I was born not to understand My let in the past I proved to be a better man Take it can't
0: Again, the dope is Ethiopian, and now the world around me beacons moving in slow motion whenever she happens to walk by. Why does the apple of my eye overlook and disregard my feelings? No matter how much I try. Wait, no, I did not really pursue my little princess with persistence And I was so low-key that she was unaware of my existence from a distance I desired her, secretly admired her, wired her, a letter, together And it was, my dear, my dear, my dear, you do not know me, but I know you very well Now let me tell you about the feelings I've been for you when I try Or make some sort of attempt, I simp, damn, I wish I wasn't such a wimp Cause then I would let you know that I love you so And if I was your man, then I would be true The only lying I would do is in the bed with you Then I'm trying to tell you the one who loves you dearly Cause Love me Tender, but the latter came back three days later we turned to cinder
3: thanks for doing this dude firstly we should say that there should have been the third member so we want to shout out our buddy tj who've you know the three of us have done a few shows now so um i think it's kind of a cool topic and i imagine it's one that he'll be maybe disappointed he didn't get to partake in uh so I- i'm already thinking of ways to amend this topic <laughs> and have be able to for the three of us to do it again but he was unable to make it at the last minute so shout out I'm to sure
2: two, yeah.
3: i'm sure we could do a part two yeah um so today uh, we're basically just it's a very celebratory show ideally it's just us talking about um our unwavering adoration for 90s hip hop, and i guess between us and certainly between tige between the three of us I think the spectrum of music that we all like uh, collectively, if you put it together, I think a lot of boxes are ticked. And the cool thing about nineties hip hop is that it's a huge overlap and cross sort of crossover for, for all of us. It's something that all of us go to, even though we all like really different stuff. Um, and I was thinking about it, like for me, like I have a real crazy affection for nineties when it comes to music. And I think for me now, It's going to sound weird, but like music's quite a lonely experience for me now because I'm not really surrounded by people. If I hear something, I don't don't have a lot of people around me that I can say, Oh my gosh, have you heard this? And they'll say, Yes, I love it. Do you know what I mean? But like 90s, that was me, like 96, 7, and 8, no, excuse me, 97, 98, 99 was me at uni surrounded by a lot of people who all love the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Like everyone yeah, geeking yeah. out at the new new videos that ke- would come out, new albums by so-and-so. Have you heard Jay-Z on this record? Do you know what I mean? And it was a very, like, something I got to share with people, like people that were way more into it than me, people that I would learn a lot from. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. part of the huge yeah. affection I have for 90s. Nice. Well, how does it kind of go to you? Like, what are your... thoughts on that sort of 90s hip-hop like what kind of drew you to it what are your earliest memories of it
2: well yeah I just wanted to firstly say that um, music is quite a lonely experience because there's so many ways of discovering music in isolation now you don't you know we don't all sit uh, and watch top of the pops or yo mtv raps or or anything kind of um on mtv or chart show or even listen you know you don't even discuss um what was on the radio so yeah i i really feel you, know, you
3: on that one. Can I, sorry we've already lost track of the topic that's genius you're absolutely right i mean A lot of my musical discoveries will be based on just looking up stuff on Bandcamp, but you're at a solitary experience. Do you know what I mean? I always thought it was just me because not a lot of people that I surround myself with actually are into music at all, just full stop, you you know? But you're right. It's a huge difference in sort of how trends have evolved that kind of detaches you from how you consume your music. Dan, I'm really taken aback. That's a brilliant start to to the show That's a really astute point. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead.
2: No, no, no. it 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 really is um, a disturbing truth. I mean, I I think how much I I will post stuff at work to to colleagues. I will say, "Oh, have you listened to this?" and we and we will have these kind of mini kind of exchanges of maybe Spotify lists or YouTube or Bandcamp or or whatever. But it never feels like. Um, each person that I have that exchange with is talking about is, is, is talking about the same songs, bands, or even the same genres. It, it it's very it's very strange. You kind of you you get a unique window into what they like. Sometimes you know it's, it's quite rare, but sometimes you get some crossover, or you might hit um uh, a band that you, you you know you both like. But usually, it, those exchanges are quite. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're seldom the same. But I guess coming back to um, the the '90s thing, um, and again, this is a bit of a segue. But I, one of the things, one of the reasons I loved hip hop so much is because '90s chart music was so terrible. <laughs> um, I don't, mean, I don't mean all of it. I mean probably the top ten, the stuff that got a lot of radio airplay um because it it got to a point where this sort of house and dance music which was just absolute piffle one hit wonders and club hits that you know they they, they they've not lived on they've not st- stood the test of time they're not it's not good music and at that time in the 90s i remember that it was it was dominated I think, by things like the Out Here Brothers' "Wiggle Wiggle," or just <laughs> absolute, you know Cotton Eye Joe, Wigfield, right? Uh, Who let the dogs out? Just and even if you did get a hip hop act, you know you might get you know it'd be it would be Return of the Mac, you know right. just fairly terrible music. So I think at that time. Um, you know, watching watching MTV, and even and even then, you did get a few a few uh, programs on mainstream TV where you would get the odd hip hop tune. But you know, um, getting getting bands like uh, I think probably I'm trying to think of of my route into a lot of hip hop was probably bands like um, Cypress Hill and Funk Dubious, and Naughty by Nature. And a lot of, and PM Dawn, um, and a lot of stuff that was getting, getting that He didn't really know a lot about, um, even, <laughs> even um, you know, cause I, 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 would love to sit here and say that, uh, you know, I was sitting there and watching NWA, uh, I was sitting there watching Tribe Called Quest, um and Jungle Brothers and all those amazing bands blow up at the time or, or, you know, within the, 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 their main kind of starting lifespan, but it it would be a lie. Uh, And those are bands I discovered, you know, retrospectively. Um, and at first it, it was just literally making kind of random discoveries, um, of the odd tune from the alcoholics, um, and a lot more mainstream stuff like beastie boys and run dmc but even then even you know wasn't necessarily the good stuff i mean beastie boys i remember it was fight for your right to party or don't sleep till brooklyn was on mtv on loop and run run dmc it was that horrible remix of it's tricky and things like that so it was never even particularly the good stuff but uh, anyway I've rambled on. Throw no, that.
3: no, no, it's perfect. It's perfect. It's. Do you know, it's funny, when you mention sort of hip-hop names that you initially gravitated towards, they're so different to mine. Do you know? And you and kind of, I don't know, sometimes you, I don't know, do I kind of relegate sort of 90s hip-hop to a, a smaller sort of catalogue than it actually was? Do you know what I mean? Because I, I don't yeah. know. I, I was, I guess some of my stuff, the stuff I sort of segued into was more mainstream, like uh, Biggie, Puff, uh, Jay-Z, Nas, Buster Rhymes. It was really that kind of, those circles, you've you've gone already way deep in, in sort of, as soon as you got in. It, I got into like more stuff like Gang Star and Guru and Tribe Called Quest, not in the 90s, it was really sort of early noughties when I kind of went back. But at the time when my sort of, my interest was was just sort of, when I was just sort of getting into it and being exposed to it. It was really those those significantly more sort of prominent names that I initially was sort of gravitating towards, or just hearing, to be honest, as opposed yeah. to me picking from all of them. Did you like any of the commercial stuff, like at all? Or
2: well, I, I'm trying to. I was trying to think. I mean, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not it's not a comfortable admission, but. Um, <laughs> old you know people like i remember in in i think it was around maybe 89 90, i do remember listening and enjoying things like mc hammer vanilla ice <laughs> uh jazzy jeff and the fresh prince kid and play so there were, there was definitely some uh some very big mainstream hits and obviously the 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 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.
3: Hey, that uh, was my uh, stream partners in crime.
2: (laughs) It kind of makes sense that there's a a foundation to to actually getting into um, a a lot of the the 90s boom-bap hip-hop. But again, it was quite selective. It was only, I I remember like um, Onyx, Slam. I remember hearing that for the first time. And I I don't think I'd ever heard anything um, from a hip hop perspective that was so aggressive and Mm. yet so fun and similar, similar to Naughty by Nature, which wasn't as aggressive, but I think I I totally like I'm stuff like Puff Daddy, Biggie Smalls, um, Tupac. I mean, I only really, I think probably the first song of Tupac's I really took any notice of was California Love. I mean, that's, Mm. that's way along the line. So, you know I, I envy you if you were able to kind of discover that because you know i i was way on the on the on the fringes of of some of the best stuff uh, and i can't kind even of think i know nwa um had expressed yourself that was it i don't think great right. i don't think um fuck the police had much airtime um,
3: <laughs> Like As you're kind of consuming this, are you, how are you kind of interpreting it? Are you thinking this is a fad and this, you know, this isn't something that's going to go on to dominate music in like 30 years time, the way it currently still is, you know? But like, what was your kind of perception of what you were hearing? Were you just sort of thinking that, oh, this is the future? Or are you kind of like this, this is, you know, this will die out at some point. Or is that probably not even thought you had? <laughs> it's probably not something I thought I had at all. But well, let me rephrase that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But are you kind of surprised by how it's how it's continued? Because I guess we're listening to it in an era where it comparatively it was a very young genre. Yeah, you know, it was really what eighties it started, sort of early eighties when it's kind of started. So we're listening to it in in the nineties, and in many ways, they're still figuring it out. You know, there were still so many milestones that were happening as we would as we're hearing it. You know in terms of collaborations. I mean, I remember some really key things that would happen and then everyone would just gasp, but like, Oh my gosh, what just happened? You know, like, like Puffy remixing, uh, sting, you know, and yeah. they, they did a version of Roxanne and it was just kind of where everyone was used to hip hop existing in this bubble, you know, and then it would be like things like that where it would cross over or another Puffy one actually. Well, I should got another two Puffy ones, but when he did the Jimmy Page track, uh, yeah they they come with me which was a riff of i don't i actually don't i'm not too I'm down on my rock stuff but i know it's a it's a very Cash huge riff. riff right there you go yeah that rings a bell but um but like when he did that people initially were like what the heck is this but that was a huge record and it was sort of he he was someone that took leaps to step out of this little bubble and have it cross over into sort of commercial kind of realms I mean what was your take on and stuff like that as that was happening back then
2: um I mean it was yeah it, it was incredible um I mean I think you, you've hit the nail on the head um at that time I mean lyrically I mean the the stuff from from Dr. Dre and then you had Eminem um because I don't know you you had different ends of of, of the spectrum or you know this this these incredible tales of you know the street, the storytelling, um, and it was hard. I, I as as a child, as a kid, as a teenager, I didn't know what was real and what was not because you were listening to these incredible lyrics. I said, incredible storytelling that that brought you, you know, that pulled you into this this setting, this place, this 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 kind of this poverty, this, this childhood, this adulthood, this, where all it was kind of mirrored with gang warfare and death and police abuse. And, uh, you know, pretty also spousal abuse, may I say, I guess, <laughs> uh, it was all so, it was like, I, I, I couldn't, you know, because I'm, I'm growing up in, uh, you know, in a cretinous little town in Kent <laughs> where, you know, nothing could be further from this this quite violent sounding reality. And because at the time, um, you know, th- there was nothing musically like that. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I know there's there's plenty of music out there that has incredible lyrics, but um, delving into that, you know, stark reality, there there was nothing as immersive as hip hop back then, and. Even in terms of, you know, you're talking about um, the the collaborations where you had um, P. Diddy and and Jimmy Page and and where all these kind of samples and stuff started to meet and even, you know, crossovers. One one of the greatest things, one of the defining moments of my um, kind of love of hip-hop along with um, grunge and metal at the time, was the soundtrack to Judgment Night. I don't know if you, you know that. I'm sure you do.
3: Uh, I, I do. It's funny. You should, well, okay, I've kind of got a follow-on to that, but go ahead. Yeah, no, I do know the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, th- this was the first time I, you know, because the first time I'd ever seen, I'd ever listened, well, first seen a film that um it was quite a low-key film. I think it had um Dennis Leary in it, who was a big... You Know it was one of the biggest comedians out there at the time, but yeah, it had kind of you know, it had cameos from um rappers, and I think it had Emilio Estevez in it, or one of the Estevezes. And but anyway, but the, the point was, it, it took some of the most famous um, you know, rock and Indian grunge bands and put them with some of the most famous hip hop acts of the time, and it was just like, what is this? How can you have? you know, uh, whenever in reality, you ever going to get, you know, uh, Booya Tribe with Faith No More or Cypress Hill with Sonic Youth or, um, I can't, can't remember the others. Uh, was it Biohazard and Onyx? And it, it was just incredible. It was just watching two genres of music that I absolutely loved completely, uh, collide, um, together in this amazing soundtrack for a fairly average film and it was Mm -hmm. just like and I know you I know you could could follow up because there was definitely more like this that happened but really now I don't think there's a lot of collaborations and and things that happen but not not at that scale Um, and not with artists that high profile anymore
3: it's it's really funny you should mention the Judgment Night soundtrack because the, I had a soundtrack. It's not a nineties one. It's a, I just looked it up. It's two thousand two. But I and, and i am just sort of kicking myself now because I had wanted it when I saw it that it had been released. And I was like, I've really got to get this, but I never did. I'm going to have to rectify that. But did you ever hear the soundtrack to Blade Two?
2: Oh yes, yes.
3: Because that was what was on my head, and I remember looking at the back of that. Now that this had. And this is exactly the point of this kind of you makes you step back and you're kind of like, oh my gosh, because you're seeing it's it pairs, it's really more techno uh, in terms of its approach. But you've got like Red Man and Gorillas, Most Death and Massive Attack, Ice Cube and yeah. Paul Oakenfold, Cypress Hill and Ronnie Size. And this was kind of like, this was insane. I, I never, it was on my list of things to buy for just ages. And I never, actually, I'm going to have to do it. actually. I'm going to have to get like now, but it was, and it, that was one of those things where you're, that's a, I think just like Judgment Night, as you excellently pointed out, which I think predates the Blade one, if I'm correct. Um, but those were like really colossal kind of moments. You know, you're, you're, as we said, like we're a fan of a genre that lives inside a bubble basically. And it's, it is getting bigger and you're watching it getting bigger. You're watching it getting number one records in the States. And then when it, when these guys start to get hits in the UK, you're like, what the hell's going on? This is really huge. And then you get crossover projects like that. I mean, judgment night, my gosh, you're right. It's 93. Um, so that's way bigger. Like my one was 2002. So you're absolutely right. Look how young, uh, You know, it was, I mean, sort of like the genre to have a project like that. You're absolutely right. That's a a great pick. But yeah, there were just these moments of where you sort of step back and you're like, oh my gosh, this is huge. But I have
2: to say, I I can't go any further without saying the most influential 90s hip hop band for me um, that, that really kind of, I think, Changed so much and started so much, and I would love—I would love to say this was Tribe Called Quest. Who are? By I thought far you were gonna. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I properly discovered those, their back catalogue and everything, uh, early, maybe early noughties, very late '90s. Mm. Whereas Wu Tang Clan, yeah, I think so much of my CD. Appropriation and money went on buying everything they released yeah. um, after their debut, and yeah, I was an absolute avid follower because that that was the first thing I think it was it 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 kind of followed, it had the same sort of um, storytelling as Nars and Western East Side, but because it was. It Stan, is that the Staten is they're island aren't they yes yeah it had this it had this different angle um uh on the on the kind of storytelling and the the, the production i've never heard anything i i like yeah. that since is kind of um well well produced um with with the whole um very strange um kung fu movie. Mm. Um, samples and I just never heard a thing. I think it just blew my mind at that time, and it, it, it's kind of sad because the stuff that they put out um, as a band, as a group, um, in recent years has been just been nothing, not, not, nothing like the quality that that you know you saw from them mm. in the nineties, early noughties I mean, I'm not saying that they they still have solo records, but it's very strange that um, the RZA, who is an absolute, you know, he's just one of the most incredible producers alive today, and yet I don't, I don't know what it is with new Woo records, why he doesn't stick to the formula that made them what they were, but Yeah.
3: That's the same with a lot of people though, isn't it? In terms of it's, I mean, you're talking nearly 30 years later, aren't you? Or not as long as that, but it's about 25 years, you know, it's, it's, it happens like a lot of like, you know, Michael Jackson, for example, he went from being, I don't divert too much, but like he went from being somebody who was constantly I kind of notice this with like you get people like using Michael Jackson as an example where you kind of get to a point where you're defining trends, you're doing something and then other people follow it. But then as you get older, you then start to follow them. You start to follow those trends and then you start to work with established producers like when he worked with Quincy Jones. No one was working with Quincy Jones in that capacity. Hey Quincy Jones, jazz musician let's go let's get together and make a trilogy of pop records that are going to live in infamy for another fifty sixty seventy years. I mean that was an insane collaboration. It made no sense you know and but it it worked it was genius, but you know before Michael Jackson passed, he was working with very established names like Will I am and Neo and people like that, and it's kind of like you're you're now chasing trends you're not pushing them anymore. You're not, you're not setting them. You're not giving anything for anyone to follow. You're now, no, fo- you're, you're sticking so to true. what's there. And that's, that's kind of the way it goes, you know? And, uh, you could say the same Whitney Houston, you know, she was working with very established producers in her last few albums as well. And it's just kind of the way I think it goes. And I Madonna. think when you've, Madonna, perfect pick. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect pick. You know, she, um, you know, she did albums with Timberland and Justin Timberlake and, uh, Kanye West and stuff like that and you know she's it just gets to a point where you're looking at who is who's really hot right now and then you go to that and so I'm not saying that's what Rizza was doing but I guess when you've you've you how many times can you reinvent what people are listening to and he came along as you said completely changed what anything any any, what anyone could have thought they were listening to before they pressed play on that you know and he was a genius and I think to introduce uh, an, a freaking army of of rappers who went on who's what five or six of them you know uh ODB Method Man Raekwon Ghostface Rizza, Jesus I mean these are names as individuals that are gonna be cited amongst just just legends and it's incredible that you had this one collective housing all of these people. It's amazing.
2: I don't think it will happen again. I mean, if you, okay. even if you look... Um, I mean, you look at... Um, and I forget the hip-hop collective that kind of... um De La Soul, Tribe, um, Jungle Brothers... There, there was Oh, that. Native Tongues? Native Tongues, yeah. That was a huge collective, but they never really they they would record the occasional track together. Mm. I don't, you know, they, they didn't, or as far as I know, they didn't release an album. As no, they, I
3: mean, these were guys that came together as established musicians. Is that right? Semi.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, uh, some of them may, may have joined a, a bit later as in th- they were, they were, they were breaking out and they, they joined the native tongues and sort of, you know, got, got even bigger, um, within that group rather than but being completely established but most of them were you're right um i mean he, you know you, you look at how many how many hip-hop groups i mean the the average number of what we call a group is what between three and four yeah um i mean why don't know, wu-tang was about nine wasn't it yeah That's i think it one. was yeah, nine. No, never that great i have a question for you Go. i don't know if we've what was your first, the first ever hip hop act you saw live?
3: Oh, what a great question! Um, wow, that's a really good question. Uh, I think. It, I bet
2: yours is really cool.
3: Well, I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it would be cool if it was a smaller venue. The person I think it was was Jay Z. But if if oh, if I could say it was, wow. but it wasn't really. He was already really big at this point, so this was after blueprint two and it was in like Wembley or something so it's not as cool as it sounds like if it was like you know in Brixton after a reasonable doubt like his first album then yeah that's that's brilliant then I'm you know I'd wear that as a badge of honor but this was like Wembley I think pretty sure it was Wembley there might have been a one act before that but I'm pretty sure it was Jay-Z just after Blueprint 2, and he was, he was huge at this point. Obviously, he didn't go on to be – he wasn't as colossal as he is now, but uh, he yeah. was already pretty huge, so it's not that cool a, uh, a mention. Who was yours?
2: Well, it's funny should say that, <laughs> because I saw I Kanye West in his first UK tour. No, I didn't. Lies, oh. absolutely, like, no. No, no one that good. No, <laughs> no the first hit of the band, I don't even know you'd call them a band. I mean, it is pretty much one bloke. I didn't know this at the time, but um, uh, my local very, very, very small, awful venue, which is the, the, the uh, Tunbridge Wells Forum, um, was credit to the nation. Who? Ah, uh, now... Now you're thinking, aren't you?
3: I am. I'm thinking who?
2: So this guy, um, he was very famous for um, using, you know, uh, Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. He used the riff from that for a song called uh, Call It What You Want. So that got him a lot of attention because it was just a genius use Mm. of um, that riff at a time where obviously Nirvana were were still big, and he followed up one with another track called Teenage Sensation, which I'm disappointed in, man, that you've not
3: heard I don't know. I know it's not ringing any bells at all.
2: Well, you're going to have fun after this podcast. (laughs) Oh, no, yeah, he he was was a UK rapper, and it it was... was a
3: UK rapper as well, wow.
2: Yeah, I know, I know. At least I get a little bit of kudos to seeing yeah. a UK rapper who had a couple of hits. I don't, I don't think he got past one album. Uh. I'm not sure, maybe, maybe two. Um, but it was really funny because your your expectations of seeing a hip hop band uh, for the first time, you know, you've got all these you know, all these thoughts in your head about what that's going to be and how it what it's going to look like. And of course, the guy was probably about five foot two for a start, <laughs> so that that was a bit strange. Um, and the fact, that, you know, I just for some reason you thought he'd have an entourage or he would have a couple of other uh, people on stage, but I, I, I think maybe two others that, that formed the band, but it was just him. And it was it was a brilliant performance, don't get me wrong. It was incredible. I, I loved it to bits, and I still look fondly on that. But yeah, no, that was... And, and then that was my first hip-hop experience. And then I think I went from that to um, the very... Uh, I think they used to call it the London Festival. Um, I think that was the first time I saw a load of hip-hop acts at once, because I was probably commuting from kent at that time and that had um george clinton wow. public enemy jurassic five um and a load of i think was it uh, digging in the crates Is that- yeah yeah
3: the itc yeah
2: i think so it had a lot of a, a lot of uh, english bands and a lot of um american bands yeah and i think public enemy uh and and George Clinton were the headliners, and I, I don't remember George Clinton didn't didn't say more than four things into a mic. He just <laughs> sort of stood around, sort of, what's the word? Um, uh, curating? No, that, uh, I don't know. Making all the people around him do his bidding mm. and do do the songs and do the stuff. So it was a bit disappointing, but um, yeah. Uh, Jurassic 5 were good and you know it was um, it was solid and then yeah I think those are the those are the two earliest kind of live experiences I can think of
3: and you mentioned um, sort of the the sampling thing uh, with the the Nirvana it was credit to the nation Um, it's funny because I growing up I didn't have like a great musical education through doing these podcasts it's really I always tell people how, how envious I am because I'll talk to them about you know how you first get into music and stuff and they always go oh you know we grew up in it in our house we had Stevie Wonder we had Prince we had Marvin Gaye etc it was just always playing and you know I, did, I didn't have that my, my sort of musical education just went backwards and I uh like my mum I remember distinctly in the car she would have a best of Krista Berg tape, and that was do you know what I mean. That was my musical education. <laughs> so when I when I start listening like to hip hop in the late nineties, I'm thinking, wow, like who? I was always interested in producers and inlay cards, and I'm thinking these guys are geniuses. But that was my first heartbreak in hip hop when you realize, oh, that's a sample. Oh that's a straight lift of Isley brothers. Oh, you know, and you kind of like, they're not making this music at all. You've just, you know, that when you kind of realize how much, how heavily uh, it relied on samples and, and stuff like that. I remember that being my first heartbreak with, <laughs> with hip hop. And it, you know, I'm listening to it thinking these guys are geniuses. Oh my gosh. They've got like a whole band for this Biggie record. This is amazing. But um, no, that's not how it worked. no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. It, it, it's
2: incredible back to it. I mean I think one one of my first experiences with that was um Farside passing me by. Right,
3: yeah. Quincy it's, Jones sample, yeah, that,
2: yeah. Yeah. I think it was probably the first time where I I uh, I I had I had the original and I was like, oh Yeah, it's
3: heartbreaking when you hear that, isn't it?
2: It is. And I, and I loved i loved kind of tracking down um samples and trying to and find out where they're from i think it it's very hard to find um hip hop where all all the elements in the song are completely organically created
3: yeah it's obviously it's actually a lot more common now it's way more common that guys are doing it now but then there are guys like you know dj premier for example or q-tip who uh well not so much q-tip but uh well no q-tip i think that's fair to say but um you know that that's their approach that's their style dj jazzy jeff as well he'll make uh you know his music is based on on samples that's that's how they've always done it Jay dilla huge sampler um but you know they these are guys that demonstrate the art form of it and they'll take that tiny you know, they'll take three seconds. Uh, like Dylan famously took uh, like three seconds of a Minnie Ripperton song and turned it into an entire song. You know, and it's he said mm-hmm. it was masterful how he'll just take a bass line from this and take something from someone else and put it all together. It was it's yeah. You know, when you see those guys, you kind of you appreciate the, the the genius that goes into it as opposed to just hey, that's Duran Duran. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's that's the chorus of Duran Duran uh which is what well, you know well Puff made his name off of that so um I mean as much as I adore him but like in terms of what he put out in the 90s he made me a fan like, I'd never I appreciate he's not the cool rapper or the cool person to like but I mean he totally hooked me in you know and that's the fun thing about hip-hop you know because like I I, I said this on the on the show recently um hip-hop and jazz i guess for me of you know particularly jazz is a huge huge passion of mine you know like i'm I'm a big fan but i think and i'm guessing with certainly with hip-hop you have encountered you'll say you're a fan of hip-hop and you'll see someone go oh gosh like whether they're heavy rock or whether they're just of a certain age they you know Throughout your time, you would have said you you like hip hop and they would have just rolled their eyes at it like, Oh God, that's crap, you know? And it's the same with jazz. You say someone you like jazz, they roll their eyes, Oh, that's so boring. It's just, you know, 20-minute songs with just the trumpet, you know, and I get that I get that. I get that and that perception of it. But I think with the fun thing with hip hop and jazz is there is always a way in for someone. Do you know what I mean? Because both genres are so much more yeah. if you're not a fan of either genre, it's so much more than you think it is, than or, than what you've heard. And there's always a way in. And uh, that's the fun thing of, for me about those two genres. So um, I think that was what Puff did geniusly in terms of he just took stuff from the 80s that everyone knew and made them party records. And that was the way he ingratiated the genre to people. And that was what, what worked for me. When I heard initially, hearing stuff like Public Enemy or wu it was not for me. I was thinking, what is this? This is just this is just noise and swearing, and it just I didn't make any sense to me, you know. But then it took that poppy approach to hook me in, and then I can go back and say is a genius, you know, in in like yes. six, seven, eight years after, you know. And that's that's the thing with with each of those two genres. There's always a way in, and I, I kind of like that about that about that about those two genres, you know. But my penultimate question to you. Is obviously, you know, we've just spent like nearly an hour talking about nineties uh, favourites and stuff like that. Are there anyone? Is there anyone currently not from the nineties, but are there any sort of contemporary artists? Obviously, Jay Z still does music, whatever, and the Roots and stuff like that. But is there any sort of artists of the new breed or new generation that you're kind of like, yeah, like I'm, I'm all in on you? Is there anyone that you're a particularly fan of now?
2: Um, so I would say. It's hard to say that I'm all in because I don't think I don't think my that the levels of you know immersion and discovery are what they were. Mm. But I, I tend to sort of dip in and out of you know artists like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Uh, I love Childish Gambino. A lot of a lot of his stuff is is absolutely fantastic. Um, I've obviously mentioned Sar, uh, Zarface Face. Um, Vince Staples. I mean, I, there's, there's a lot. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that I I, I, I I try all the time. I mean, even stuff that's 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 in a whole new genre. Like I don't know if you, you've ever listened to Horrors or Skarsgård nice. or Scarlad. I never. I, I, I completely pronounced that wrong. Probably Scarlad, Scar. Yeah. Uh, this this incredibly aggressive. You know, um, it's kind of rock punk in garage-infused hip hop. Wow, that is just—I mean—it it blows your mind. You won't, you won't, won't listen—you won't listen to anything quite like it. Um, but yeah, and, and 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 artists like Dalek, which is uh, kind of rapping over these weird electronic industrial landscapes wow, and and really strange droning loops. Um, But yeah, I I admit there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there that I I, I think is, is fantastic. Um, And a lot of artists that are still, you know, producing the goods. The only thing I would say, and I know I've probably said this many times before, is like, I can't get behind (laughs) auto-tune I don't understand it. I don't get it. Um, If you're going to have someone, if you can sing, sing. If you you can't sing, get somebody on your record that can, because there's so much talent out there that will make your product so much better but doing it yourself and layering it and doing it. I don't mind, I think, you know, th- there are examples of it done well. I mean, you, you've seen, I don't know if, he's, if it's ironic, but, you know, you've seen Childish Gambino uses it sometimes. Right. But it doesn't. I don't mind it when it doesn't dominate the song. Mm. But when it's like, you know, every chorus or, you know, or, or the entire thing is wrapped in ortho I just, I can't get it. I don't get it. It sounds fucking terrible. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but yeah, but I can't be, that's, that's about as negative as I can be, because I still think, um, there's, I mean, Run the Jewels, God, how, how can I forget Run the Jewels? Mm. Um, I would say they are probably my, even though, um, Killer Mike and LP have been around yeah. for a long, long time. But as a
3: name, they're sort of, they're a contemporary name, aren't they?
2: Exactly. I mean, that, that's still fairly recent-ish. Yeah. So, yeah. And obviously, I think, you know, uh, Childish Gambino and uh, Kendrick, um, yeah, uh, Donald Glover, they're they're probably, I'd say, some of the biggest names Mm. that have uh, really blown up and thoroughly deserved. So, what about yourself?
3: Well, Kendrick is... Uh, he's right up there for me. I think he's, yeah, he's amazing. He's awesome. He's, uh, he's very in tune with who he is. And I, I think there's no, he's just on the great path. He's on a very, very creative path. And I think he's, yeah, he's very, yeah, in tune with who he is is probably the best way I, I could describe it. And uh, yeah, I'm just a fan of everything that he does. I think he's, he's incredible. He's, yeah, he's had some just brilliant records, just really brilliant records but, um, so he's, he's certainly up there. I love, um, I'm really getting to, um, Anderson Pack at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, there is a, 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 a hip hop band in Philadelphia who are called ill Dutes. They had their, um, like it's a very soul based, um, uh, band, but which is brilliant like a series of rappers that 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 appear throughout and they had a self-titled album last year on Roper dope records in 2018 which is just brilliant like it's so much fun and it just goes everywhere and it's yeah it's it's just it's really brilliant i really recommend you check that out they're already prepping their new one uh for later this year so um just really if you if you like roots then you're gonna really love this so um yeah it's, it's a lot of it's just a really fun record um but there's not a huge amount now really outside of those names in terms of like i'll buy i'll still buy a jay-z record i'll definitely buy a Nas record i'll definitely buy a, a outcast or just really big boy at the moment but i'll buy a big boy record um mm. uh, there's probably a couple of others
2: oh no i was just saying it's also it's, it's very sad that you know the artists like you know certain bands like like beastie boys Yeah. Um, and run D have lost, you know, their their key members. Same with Triadical Quest. It's it's very I find it quite emotional that and and countless others yeah. um who who of tech night um yeah,
3: Gang Star Prodigy from uh, Deep, yeah.
2: Yeah. A lot of high profile deaths and it, it it's yeah, it's it's quite sobering to think that that you're never gonna hear them again. Um or never see them live yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry. Uh, sombre aside,
3: sombre aside, that that's, uh yeah. will yeah. will end on a high. Being your uh, your song choice to to play us out. So this was going to be this was going to be really interesting because obviously our guest picks our closing song. And as <laughs> Teed was supposed to be here, we were going back and forth. I'm thinking, what are we going to do? Because both of you really wanted to pick songs. And we were going to end with two songs and I'm relieved that we're sticking with the tradition of one song (laughs) as T wasn't able to be here today. So thankfully we will be maintaining the tradition of one closing song. And Dan, what is it and why? Well,
2: I kind of feel like seeing as I uh, gave a great section of um, adulation towards Wu-Tang has to be a Wu song. Mm. Um, and I was gonna do um, protect your neck, but I think I'm gonna go with cream.
3: Nice, nice.
2: Yeah, I changed my mind because I felt like I already quite a lot about protect your neck.
3: Let's end with cream. Thanks so much for your time, dude. It's been a great time. I really enjoyed it.
2: A pleasure. I'm looking forward to all the money you're gonna pay me. Dollar, dollar, bill, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Side, the New York Times side, staying alive was no job At second hands, moms bounced on old men so then we moved to Shallon Land. A young youth, you're rockin' the go-tooth. Low goose. Only way I begin to G- York was drug loot And let's start like this, son. Rolling with this one and that one. Pulling out gats for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking wools at 16. And running up in gates and doing hits for high stakes. Making my way on fire skates. No question, I was speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow off and try to get the dough off. Stickin' up right, boys, on board boy. My life got no better. Same damn low sweater. Times is rough and tough like leather. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick tight click and went all out. Catching keys from cross C's, rolling in MPV's. Every week, we made 40 G. Yo,
5: brothers, respect mine, I ain't to take now. Cha-bow, move from the gate now. Cash rules everything around me. Green, get the money. Dollar billio. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar dollar bill, yo. It's
0: been 22 long, hard years. I'm still struggling. Survival got me bugging. But I'm alive on arrival. I'm being back to safe for the streets. To stay awake to the ways of the world. Deep. I'm in with a dream. With plans to make cream. I'm I'm with fear. I went to jail at the age of 15. A young buck, selling drugs and such. Who never had much? Trying to get a clutch on what I could not touch. The court lady showed I face incarceration. Pacing, one upstate's my destination. Handcuffed in back of a bus, 40 of us. Life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. But as the world turned, I learned life was hell. Living in the world no different from a cell. Every day I skate from takes, giving chase, selling base, smoking bones in the staircase. Maintain to learn to overcome the heartaches and pain. You got stick up kids, corrupt cops, and crack rocks and spray shots all in a block that stays hot. Leave it up to me while I be living proof to kick the truth to the young black youth. The shorty's running wild, smoking cess, drinking beer, and ain't trying to hear what I'm kicking in his ear. Neglect it, but now, but Joe, it got to be accepted that what? the life is hectic. Yeah.